Lord. Are you thankful today? Hallelujah. Oh, we give you honor and thanks today, Lord. Uh, I, I don't know that we really have captured the real spirit of that song. But I feel like the spirit of the Lord has been talking to me this entire service about one thing. Don't ever forget where I brought you from. Amen. I am reminded he has been faithful. Anybody here could say that today? He has been faithful. I am reminded that he has taken care of me. He has walked with me. Amen. What a great song. What a great presence of the Lord. It is so good to see you here today. A holiday weekend. And uh, we're in the house of the Lord. Why don't you turn around one more time and just smile real big like you have the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Amen. And tell him you sure look good. Yeah, you sure look good. Yes, you do. Hallelujah. 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 So blessed to be in the United States of America today. I said we are so blessed to be in the United States of America. In spite of what social media and the news pundits would like you to believe, we still live in the greatest country on the face of the earth. Amen. And I am thankful that we can celebrate uh, our, our national birthday tomorrow. Grateful for what God has done. I was thinking and reading some things earlier uh, about how all of it's transpired and it almost didn't happen. Uh, when you think about the, the logistics and all 13 colonies, 13 different mindsets, they couldn't even agree on where the borders were, and yet they had come together in Philadelphia and they had been in meetings for weeks and weeks and weeks and had not made any headway at all. Uh, as a matter of fact, it looked almost as if it was going to crater and all of the efforts would be lost until Benjamin Franklin stood up. And I have to read to you what he said at that address. But he said, Mr. President... The small progress we have made after four or five weeks, close attention and continual reasoning with each other, our different sentiments on almost every question, several of the last producing as many nays as yeas. It me think, it, it bethinks me uh, that we, it, it is a proof of the imperfection of the human understanding. And he said, in this situation of this assembly, groping as it were in the dark to find political truth and scarce able to distinguish it when, we, when it is even present to us. How has it happened, sir, 
that we have not hitherto once thought of humbly applying to the Father of lights to illuminate our understanding. We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings that except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. I hitherto beg to move that hear forth prayers imploring the assistance of heaven and its blessings on our deliberations be held in this assembly every morning before we produce or proceed to business. And from that moment forward, they begin to make progress. You cannot separate God from America and have a real America. Amen. You cannot account for its greatness without considering the religious roots and influence. Consider this, that a clergyman, the name Reverend John Witherspoon, was a president of the College of New Jersey, and he was one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence. The patriotic hymn, My Country, Tis of Thee, was written in 1832 by a Baptist minister the Reverend Samuel Francis Smith, another Baptist clergyman, the Reverend Francis Bellamy, authored the Pledge of Allegiance to the Flag. So you cannot separate the influence that God has had upon the making of our country. And if we are going to maintain that, it is going to be through people like you and I. Amen. We better thank God every day and appreciate what we have. And all that it takes for that to disintegrate is found in the song we just sang. Is it when we forget to be reminded of how blessed we are. Amen. God has been so good to us. Praise God. Clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise. God. We have no service this evening, but we do have a wonderful church gathering at Green Acres. Uh, Brother uh, Bubba reminded me that it was a throw the greens under the bus party last year. It started out as a youth party, and we all crashed it. And we had a great time, and tonight is going to be a wonderful evening of fun and fellowship beginning around 3 to 3.30. Uh, dinner is going to be around 5 o'clock. You can fish, you can relax, bring your lawn chair, bring your umbrellas, bring your hats, uh, enjoy. We're going to have a great time, and at the end of it, we're going to have a fantastic fireworks display that you're not going to want to miss. And so we invite all of you, if you need directions, uh, it's here come and see me after church I can give you directions everybody is invited we hope to see you there if you have your Bibles for a moment I want you to turn with me to the book of Ezekiel chapter 27 Ezekiel chapter 27 and one verse of scripture verse number 20 
this particular verse falls within the context of God speaking to Israel about what was wrong with them and what was coming, the judgments that were coming on Tyre, some of the other places. But there's a statement made uh, concerning a a particular group of people. And it simply says, Dedan was thy merchant in precious clothes for chariots. You'll have to understand how my mind works, but I started out earlier this week doing a study on the word precious, all the things that are mentioned in Scripture as being precious. And I came across this verse of Scripture, and I don't recall ever really paying close attention to it. But when I got to looking at it, precious clothes... That began to speak to me. And I noticed that beside uh, precious clothes was a little asterisk. And so when I clicked on it on my computer, it gave me the definition of what precious clothes are. Precious clothes are clothes of freedom. Clothes of freedom. Now, I want to talk to you for a little while about those precious clothes of freedom. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to tell you how grateful I am today. I got reminded of that this morning by my dear friend, Brother Clark, who called early, remind me. He said, you know where we were three years ago at this time, or two years ago at this time? And I thought for a second, and I realized what he was getting at. We were in our RVs in Estes Park, Colorado, sick as sick could be with COVID. And here we are today. We're blessed. We survived. Amen. So many great things, but I am grateful today for what I have experienced and the blessings of God. And I hope and pray that we understand today how blessed we are to be in the wonderful country that we live in. Now, I don't really know exactly how to begin all of this, but I I was intrigued by this particular phrase, and I will have to confess to you that I'm going to have to lift it again as I did last week perhaps out of the context, uh, because there's there are some discussion, uh, differences of opinion as to what uh, it was referencing here when it spoke of precious clothes, precious clothes. And uh, I've read and I've looked at the different commentators that have made their Uh, understanding of this passage known, and I accept what they have said, but I do believe that there is a tremendous thought and message in that simple statement of precious clothes. Uh, I understand that it was meant, it's connected to chariots, and some believe that it was simply referencing saddle blankets that were used on the horses. 
but one commentator said that Dedan uh, was providing Tyra with garments that were worn normally by the, uh, the, the aristocrat or the king or his court. So they were royal type apparel and they were using that, they were that extravagant that they were using that type of clothing to cover their horses so when they rode them, the, the saddle would not chafe them. Whether that is the case or not, the point is that there was something important <clears throat> that was trying to be conveyed, and that is <clears throat> the, that, that there was some clothes that were considered precious. And when you look at the word uh, that is used there, the root of it means freedom. So he was referencing the clothes, the garments of freedom. And those garments are precious to me. They should be precious to you. Amen. You should value the fact that you live in a country like you do. As uh, many problems as it has, as many imperfections as there are in our country, there's still a liberty that you and I enjoy. We had the freedom to get up and choose where we would go today. We had the freedom. We didn't have to call somebody to get permission to come to church. We didn't call somebody to have to get permission to go on a trip. Do you realize that there are many countries in the world that in order for you to leave the state of Texas and go to the state of Louisiana, you would have to get a permit before you could go do that. But we don't have to get a permit to go out to the Greens this afternoon and enjoy fellowship. We didn't have to get a permit to come to church today. We didn't have to get somebody's approval before we could enter into the house of God. That, my friend, is a precious freedom that you and I had better never take for granted. Precious. Everybody say precious. Precious. Our freedom is precious. Amen. I said our freedom is precious. Our freedom is precious. And if our freedom is precious, then it means we're not going to treat it like we treat everything else. Amen. How many of you have rules in your house? How many of you have rules about what you will loan out and what you won't loan out? Somebody calls you and said, you know what, I need to borrow that china pot. that has been in the family for 500 years, you know, it's... What did I hear? No, sir. That's exactly what we're going to say. Why? Because it has value to us. It's important. It has a place of significance. And because it has value to us, we don't treat it like we treat everything else. We don't act 
like we do uh, toward it as we do to other things. You know, <clears throat> I I worked out in the in the the garden. Believe it or not, my wife and I have decided we're going to become gardeners, uh, farmers, and we're not doing very good because right now the squirrels are beating us. They're eating more than we are out of our garden. Beside that, to grow a tomato, I've ch- it's cost me about $200 to get a tomato grown. I could have gone to the farmer's market and bought five crates of tomatoes for what I've spent so far. But anyway, how did I get off on that? That's just been in the back of my mind, I guess, and I need to say it. <laughs> Isn't it terrible to give somebody a mic and they don't know what they're doing? But I have some clothes that I wear out there. I wouldn't wear them to church because they're dirty and filthy. But I wouldn't go out there dressed like this to take care of my garden. Why? Because I value what I have on today. And I'm afraid that in the country in which we live, because every day there is an attack against what we represent, we we allow that to reduce its significance in my life until I get to looking at it in that jaded way in which that person has been speaking of it. And before long, I begin treating it like they're treating it. Freedom is a precious commodity. And to be clothed with freedom is a powerful thing to be clothed with freedom. Now, understand this morning that the world is going to offer you a garment as well. They're going to offer you a garment to wear. It's going to be a garment of fear. It's going to be a garment of suspicion. It's going to be a garment of anger or hatred or wrath, or vengeance. It's going to offer you something to wear. But I feel like that it is imperative as a child of God that we be conscious of what we are wearing. And we ought to wear the garment of freedom with great pride and with great understanding of what it took for us to enjoy what we are enjoying here this morning. Somebody had to pay a price so that you and I could enjoy what we are enjoying right now. I don't ever want to look at that garment and and say, oh, it doesn't, that, that, that's, I, I can work in that one. I, I can get that one soiled and dirty. I can get in the mud with that one. It doesn't really matter. I want to preserve that because it means something to me. It is precious in my sight and I value it more than anything else in life. What we clothe ourselves with is vital to the peace of our life. And I just want to camp out on that thought for a little while today to consider our precious freedom, what we are putting on in our daily living is a great thing that I had the liberty, as I mentioned earlier, to get up 
and go wherever I wanted to go. I didn't have to go by an office and, and, and get permission. I didn't have to look at what my commodities were going to be today. But I have the privilege of going in and buying what I can and what I can afford. You see, true freedom is a blessed thing. And when you have that, you ought to value it above everything else in your life and never allow the world in which you live to take away from you how wonderfully precious that gift of freedom is. Amen. I hope and pray that we understand that freedom is precious. The word precious means it's valuable, it's costly, it's prized, it's dear, it's treasured, it's priceless. And when something is priceless and treasured and costly, then we're going to do everything we can to protect it. Because it is precious, it will be loved, it will be important, it will be safeguarded, it will be defended, it will be preserved. And unfortunately, in our culture right now, it is rarely appreciated until it is lost or taken away. And I am telling you right now, there is a slow deterioration that is taking place in our country. And it's not happening in some great move, but moment by moment, there is an erosion that is taking place in our world and in our country that is stripping away from us. We're losing something, and we don't even realize what we're losing. More of the shoreline is, is, is going away, and we don't recognize that it's being lost. And then one day we wake up and realize that we don't have anything left. And it's simply because we did not value the preciousness of that freedom. I, uh, I was intrigued when I was studying, and I don't remember who said it, but someone that I read said that the most successful tyranny is not that one uses force to assure uniformity, but the one that removes the awareness of our possibilities. It is not, it is not in the force that comes in to your life and strips something away from you, but it is that day to day familiarity and you get so accustomed to it. You get so used to it. It's so normal. For us to come in here and the Spirit of the Lord be here and we feel this presence of God and, and there's something wonderfully lifting when we begin to praise and worship together. You felt it earlier in the service. You could feel that surge and that rise of the Spirit as we join together and worship. And if we're not careful, there is this erosion that takes place in our life where we lose awareness. We just 
simply forget. I was reading this week, and I don't want to mess up another message, but the Bible speaks of a man who was given a responsibility to guard a prisoner. And his simple statement was, you guard him because his life is your life. If he gets away from you, your life is at stake. And even knowing that, listen to what got him. He lost his prisoner. He lost the the one responsibility that he had. Just take care and keep this prisoner. Don't let him out of your sight. And the scripture says that he lost him. And this is how he lost him. I was busy here and there. Busy here and there. And busyness has a way of eroding the essentiality of some things. Of watching, of preserving, of being alert. And familiarity breeds contempt as the saying goes. And because it's just a normal routine, busy. There's nothing wrong with busy. As a matter of fact, if you look up that word in the dictionary, most of the words that are used to define it speak of things that we approve of. Productive. Active. Working. There's nothing wrong with that. But when that busyness causes you to lose sight of the priority in your life, then something is going to go wrong in your life and you're not going to like the outcome. And the trouble in our world right now and even in the church is we have lost our awareness of where we are and who we are. And what God has done for us and where God has brought us to. I I had to have a phone call this morning to remind me because in the busyness of my study and the busyness of getting ready for church today, I had forgotten that two years ago at this time, my wife was having to nurse me through a serious bout of COVID-19. But you know what? You get busy. And while you're busy, you lose awareness. I have a responsibility. I have a responsibility. How are we going to continue to maintain our freedom if somebody doesn't stand up for it? If somebody doesn't fight for it, if somebody doesn't believe in it, how are we going to continue to enjoy the country that we live in if everybody sits in their snug little corner and keeps their mouth quiet and never says a word about anything? I'm telling you, somebody's got to wake up and become aware. Hey, we have been blessed. I have been given more than I deserve. I have a responsibility. I have an obligation. I have a calling on my life to defend and protect what God has given me. The problem is, and this is this is where 
it gets down to the nitty-gritty. I want you to put up for me Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 10. We're going to go down through verse 18. I forgot to give that to you. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy is a wonderful book. If you've not read it through, you need to go and read it through several times because it is a great accounting of all that happened to Israel in their journey from Egypt to the promised land. And in in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses uh, takes plenty of time to remind them of some very important things. And this is what he said. If you put it up, uh, Deuteronomy 8, chapter, uh, chapter 8, verse 10. Can you get that one for me? You got it? There it is. And he said, And when thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Next verse. Beware. The very next word, verse, after telling them what he had just told them, is beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God. Can you put verse 10 back up there? When thou hast eaten and are full. I want you to underline that phrase right there in your Bible. Because that is what affects us in a more profound way than anything else that I know of. That when we become full, satisfied, saturated. How many of you understand what a full stomach feels like? It don't matter what they put in front of you. You'd have to stuff it in your ear, put it in your pocket. It can't go in your mouth. I'm full. And when you get full, most of us get sleepy. Some of you are sleepy right now. We get sleepy. We want to take a nap. Our awareness begins to drift. Yeah. Our awareness, we just kind of fade out. We're talking, and right in mid-sentence, we just disappear. Amen. I know what, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about myself, but <clears throat> I'm talking about many of you too. When we're full. Somebody said, hey, where are we going to go eat next? Eat. Man, I, I eat. <clears throat> oh, I gotta, I got, I'm, I'm lost right now. I'm already lost. I love brother and sister David, David Gilbert and Kay Gilbert, some of our best friends. We love to travel with them. And, uh, one of the things about the Gilberts, and I hope they don't watch this, but, uh, Kay Gilbert, while we're at a restaurant eating and stuffing our face, she's already planning our next meal. She's, while we're stuffing our mouth full of french fries, she's already talking about what the next one's going to, where we're going to be going this evening. And at that moment, Food sounds like, ugh. But you know what? 
This morning I have come to appreciate her. Because in doing that, she has kept us aware that what you're eating right now is going to wear out in a little while. And you need to remember that you're going to have to eat again. The tragedy with a lot of people is that when they get full, they stop thinking about needing to eat again. When we get full, we lose our awareness. And because we lose that awareness, he had to say, beware. That when you are full and satisfied, and some of you are there right now, and you're blaming the church. Well, there's just not enough going on. This church doesn't have this or it doesn't have that. I'm going to find something else. And the truth is, you stop looking to need more in your life because you're satisfied. You're just so full. I don't need anymore. But the reality is, no matter how full I get, I am going to need some more. And I need to always be conscious of that. Put that verse back up, verse 11. Let's read it again. I want us to read. He said, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Next verse. Lest when thou hast eaten and are full. Here it is again. And hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein. Next verse. And when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up and thou forget the Lord thy God which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt and from the house of bondage. I didn't lose it through deception. I didn't lose it because of a lie. I didn't lose it because somebody showed me a new truth. I lost it because I had gotten so full I didn't think I needed anymore. And I lost awareness that I'm going to need more. God created it that way. You know, it would have been fine if God would have made us so that when we ate one meal, it would last forever. But He didn't. He created us so that naturally there would be this coming back to the table to get substance. And God, that, that's not just a physical thing. It's a spiritual truth as well. God created us that no matter how full we get this service, no matter how God blesses today, no matter what He does in my life today, when I come back the next time, there's going to be another meal for me to partake of. And I can never allow myself to get so lazy that I forget what God has done because when you forget what God has done then you lose your appetite for more of what God would want to do 
And when you lose your appetite for what God wants to do, the devil is very quickly there to give you a taste of something else. That's why it's so important that you and I value that precious garment of freedom. That God has blessed us not with just naturally, but spiritually. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free, shall set you free. Amen. He that the Son hath set free is free indeed. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Now, there's two garments that are mentioned in Scripture that God has given to us to help us preserve the preciousness of what God has done in our life. How many of you are thankful for God's forgiveness? How many of you are thankful that God gave you the... He filled you with the Holy Ghost. He gave you the gift above all gifts. Are you thankful... How many of you are grateful that you understood the need for baptism and you went into water and you did it in the name of Jesus because that's what the Scripture proclaims? Those things are precious. And the thing, the garment that God has given to us to help us preserve the preciousness of all that He's done is found in Isaiah chapter 61, verse number 3, when he said, I will give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You see, some people think that worship service is just an exercise time. That it's just a time to keep us standing and standing and standing, and standing. This church never sits down. Well, they're doing it now. But, you know, and so we have the concept that worship is an activity that we participate in. That worship is just part of the program. But the truth is, worship is a vehicle that God uses to allow us to express our praise and our thanksgiving to Him. Because it is praise and thanksgiving that reorients my life and turns my attention back to the things that are important in my life and it returns my attention to the things that really matter and the things that are of value in my life. And when people don't praise, they're some of the most carnal people on the face of the earth. Because if you don't learn how to praise and you never learn to put on the garment of praise, the only other garment that you can wear is the garment of humanity. And that garment of humanity is, is faulty. It's jaded. It's dirtied. It's sullied. It has been soiled. It is never going to provide you an encouragement. It's going to tell you, man, what am I doing here at church? This is a waste of my time. That's what happens when you 
stop praising because praise is what helps reorient your mind away from who you are and away from what you've done. You see, the problem in Deuteronomy was simply this. They got to living long enough that they thought, I did that. Look at what I have built. And when we turn the focus upon ourselves, that's when pride shows up. That's when the judgmental spirit shows up. That's when we get our, 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 our book out and we start figuring what, 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 what well, they don't look very holy. They're not, they're, look, look at what they're doing. We start keeping score. I'm not picking on y'all over here. I'm just, I love y'all. That's why I'm attracted to this side. This is my favorite. I'm left-handed. I don't know why I should be coming over here, but I'm, I'm not. I'm always going this direction. But that doesn't mean I'm not preaching to you over here. (laughs) Praise is what helps recenter my mind upon the truth. I didn't get here by myself. I'm not good because of anything I've done. I'm not who I am because of who I am. I'm here because of the grace of God. I'm here because of the mercies of the Lord. I'm here because somebody loved me when nobody else could love me. I'm here because love did reach to me. I'm here because blood did reach to me. I'm here because blood did cover my sin. I'm here because somebody forgave me of all of my sins. And I want to stop a moment and I want to praise Him. And I want to make sure that I put on that garment of praise because that's what God has given me. To ward off all of the doubt and the fear and the negativity that the world would want to put on me. It's a garment of freedom. It frees me from the, the idea that I made myself what I am. And that's intoxicating. I've talked to several people that if you got, when you got through, you, you, you know, you got the idea, I'm a self-made man. What a pitiful sight. A self-made man. I like a God-made man myself. Yeah. Praise God. Oh, I don't, I, I need to get through. The greatest danger to your freedom and mine. It's when we become satiated and full and there's no more room for anything. When we have been blessed and blessed and blessed and blessed and blessed. 
And instead of saying, oh God, I don't deserve this. Thank you so much. We're like that little kid that a lady gave an ice cream cone to. It was visiting one day and, and, uh, you know, he, he took the ice cream cone and ran off in the corner. And next thing you know, he's, he's back in there with an empty ice cream cone. And the mother thought, well, he didn't say thank you. And so she stops him. She said, well, what do you say, son? And he stuck that empty cone up and he said, more. When we lose consciousness, when we lose the awareness, oh God, look what you brought me through. We forget what he brought us out of. Does anybody remember what God brought you out of? Does anybody remember the brokenness? Does anybody remember the poverty? Does anybody remember the bondage? Does anybody remember the drudgery? Does anybody remember the depression? And he brought me out of that. He took hold of me and brought me out of that. I must never lose awareness of what God has brought me out of. But he didn't just bring me out of something. He brought me into something. He brought me into mercy. He brought me into love. He brought me into grace. He brought me into the blessings. If we ever forget what he's brought us through, if I took the time... And I know some of you think I'm just, I should have told you just to get in, buckle your seatbelt, we're taking a drive because that's about what we're doing this morning. But if you just thought about, I mean, I had to be reminded, but just two years ago, what you've been through. What all have you been through in the last five years, health-wise? Financially, family-wise. And look, I'm here. I, I could be dead. I could be gone. I could be in the ground. I, I, I could be, I, I could be an addict. I, I could be so far, I could be in prison today. I, I should be bitter. Because of what's happened. But instead I'm better. I should be angry. At what all I've had to go through. I've lost this and I've lost that. I've had to bury that loved one. I've had to go through that crisis. And I've had to suffer through that indignity. And on and on and on the list goes. But the Lord has brought me through them. Here we are today. We're still here. We may be beat up. We may be battered. I may be limping. But I'm still walking with God.
Those are precious garments that you must never take off. Those are precious clothes that you should wear always. The garment of thanksgiving, the garment of praise, the garment of gratitude. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. 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 The, the Lord reminded Israel of what he had saved them from. And if we had gone on and read, he said, I saved you from fiery serpents. I saved you from scorpions. I saved you from drought. I saved you from a lack of food by providing manna for you every day. Here we are in 2022, and we wonder how in the world are we going to get to 2023. I'm going to tell you how we're going to get to 2023 the same way we got to 2022. It's going to be by the help of God. It's going to be by the grace of God. It's going to be by the strength of God. It's going to be by the blessings of God that we get there. Stand with me. Praise God. Precious garments. Precious garments. Amen. The garment of praise is what helps keep us from being intoxicated with what we have done and what we have. Amen. There's a garment of salvation. And we know what that entails. The blood, the water, the spirit. I don't ever want to take that garment for granted. That's a precious garment to me. That's precious clothes. Those are clothes of freedom. Amen. The reason that I can worship today is because I have been forgiven. Amen. Hey, hey, hey let me go a little further. If you're here today and you've not been forgiven, you still have the privilege of worshiping Him because of what He's going to do in your life. Amen. The psalmist said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord, and the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. And a few verses later, he said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. And then he said, This poor man cried, and he heard my cry, and he delivered me from all my fears. That's precious, folks. I said that's precious. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the garments of freedom that you have clothed your church with. Amen. It's going to be so important that God took notice of those things in the end. Revelation chapter 16 and verse number 15. He said, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments. 
keeps his garments. Amen. Do you have your garment of praise on today? Listen to me. It's the only thing that's going to keep you from bitterness in this hour. It's the only thing that will preserve you from anger and resentment and hatred for all that life does. You see, freedom does not keep things from happening to you. You see, freedom is not about not having problems. But the garment of praise is about learning how to praise God in the midst of your problem. Amen. I, I, I don't want to keep boring you here, but the truth is that you and I need to value more than anything else in this world that garment of freedom that He has given to us and wear it. Prayer, praise doesn't mean the absence of problems. Praise is simply an awareness of His presence. And wherever His presence is, there's possibility. There's hope. Amen. That's what praise is about. Why don't you just lift up your voice right now? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I thank you, Lord, for this garment of freedom that you have clothed us with this garment of praise I can never praise you enough come on let's sing that hallelujah I am reminded you have been faithful 